But every time we open the pages of this book, and not just skim them, but really chew on them, meditate upon them, we get one inch closer to the mind, the heart, and the thoughts of God. Wow, we are here. Jesus was here, not around here, but here. Earlier this year, I got to explore Israel. I'm sitting literally in the place where Jesus' feet touched. I saw some amazing places. The old city of Jerusalem, the Garden of Gethsemane, beautiful Nazareth, and the Mount of Beatitudes, Capernaum, on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And I can't wait to share these video devotions with you. I'm standing here today in Jerusalem. Nope, not a green screen behind me. It's the actual place and it's pretty stunning. Uh, if you haven't heard, Jerusalem is a city that's full of hills and valleys. It's a pretty challenging place to run, to walk, to carry camera gear, as our crew knows all too well. But you know when you do the hard work to get to a higher point of elevation, you get to enjoy beautiful views like this. You get to see things you couldn't see before. You get perspective and you see beauty with the panoramic shot. And that's kind of how it is when you and I study this book. You know, the thoughts of God, his plans and his promises are so high and exalted. As high as the heavens are above the earth, God said through the prophet Isaiah. But Jesus said that every time we study the word of God, we get one inch, one foot closer to his perspective. I think the prayer that Jesus prayed just on the other side of the city in John chapter 17, he said, Father, sanctify my disciples by the truth. Your word is truth. The word sanctify means to set something or someone apart. And Jesus didn't want you and me to be here with the people of the earth, seeing things as they see them. He wanted us to be set apart or to be set above. And how does that happen? By your word, Father, by your truth. I know it's hard work to get into the Bible. If you're anything like me, there's a thousand things that can happen to get you out of the habit. But every time we open the pages of this book, and not just skim them, but really chew on them, meditate upon them, we get one inch closer to the mind, the heart, and the thoughts of God. And the higher you get in your thinking, the more godly your worldview, the more beautiful things get. The way you see joy gets even better. The way you see pain becomes endurable. The way you see people becomes inclusive. It's an embracing love. When God speaks to us in his word, we know all about forgiveness. We know about Jesus' mercy. We know that our prayers are powerful and effective. We realize there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we believe that even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to be afraid because God is with us. So I want to encourage you today to be a person of this book. Let the words sanctify you, set you apart, raise you up to the thoughts of God so you can enjoy something even better than my view today. You can enjoy life as God sees it. If you're in the word, keep at it. If you're not, maybe this is God's way of nudging you to get back into it so you can see the beauty of life from his perspective. That's a lesson we learn here in the elevated heights of the city of Jerusalem. Who's the person who thrives spiritually? Who's really blessed in the eyes of God? The one who meditates. The one who doesn't just take step after step mindlessly, but instead thinks about each one very, very carefully. Wow, we 
are here. Jesus was here, not around here, but here. Earlier this year, I got to explore Israel. I'm sitting literally in the place where Jesus' feet touched. I saw some amazing places. The old city of Jerusalem, the Garden of Gethsemane, beautiful Nazareth, and the Mount of Beatitudes, Capernaum, on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And I can't wait to share these video devotions with you. Oh man, uh, I am sitting here in a crazy place. <laughs> these are the southern steps. They're the steps that led up to the Temple Mount, the place where Jesus himself worshipped. Uh, it's a beautiful day in Jerusalem today and I'm just stunned thinking that I'm sitting literally in the place where Jesus' feet touched. There's something really neat about the southern steps though. As a Jewish worshiper would climb these steps to get to the Temple Mount to worship God at Passover or at Pentecost, they had to watch their step because the southern steps aren't even. There's a big step here and a short step and a big step and a short step. Um, you couldn't like zone out as you walked up the steps or you would trip. And so as you were walking into the house of the Lord, getting ready to worship him, you had to pay very close attention. You couldn't just go through the motions. You really had to meditate. And that was intentional. Because when we come to church, God doesn't just want us to say a few prayers and sing a few songs and listen to a sermon and take a few notes. He wants us to think deeply, to meditate about the promises that he's made to us. That's why I love Psalm chapter 1 a passage I love to share with you. It says, Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Who's the person who thrives spiritually, who's really blessed in the eyes of God? The one who meditates. The one who doesn't just take step after step mindlessly, but instead thinks about each one very, very carefully. And I know that's a crazy hard thing to do. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to singing songs in church or praying the Lord's Prayer again, I mean, the natural default setting is for our brains to conserve energy and to go through the motions. So I just want to challenge you one service at a time, one song at a time, to remember the Southern Steps. As you climb into the presence of God through worship, think really carefully about the words, the verses, the, the points your pastor is making in a sermon. Because if you meditate, as the psalm says, you will be blessed. That's what Jesus did in this place. And that's what we do as we walk in his footsteps. And that's the incredible message we learn right here at an amazing site, the Southern Steps. That it might not take decades and decades of study. We, we might be 12 inches or 12 seconds or 12 verses away from that beautiful thing that gets to our heart and reminds us of the beauty of the kingdom of God. Wow, we are here. Jesus was here, not around here, but here. Earlier this year, I got to explore Israel. I'm sitting literally in the place where Jesus' feet touched. I saw some amazing places. The old city of Jerusalem, the Garden of Gethsemane, beautiful Nazareth, and the Mount of Beatitudes, Capernaum, on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And I can't wait to share these video devotions with you. Wow! <laughs> I am standing for the first time in a place that I have never been in Israel. I'm right in front of the ancient uh, synagogue of Magdala. You might not recognize that name, but this is where Mary Magdalene was from. 
And in 2009, something amazing happened here. They were digging for a new retreat center and they stumbled upon just 12 inches below the soil, this. A first century synagogue right here on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And the passage popped into mind that Jesus went around the synagogues of Galilee preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. And it happened here. <laughs> Honestly, it, it was overwhelmingly emotional the first time I laid my eyes on it. It's still getting to my heart right now that, that Jesus was here, not around here, but here. Telling people that there was a king and a kingdom a place where we could be safe from our enemies of sin and death and hell. And it, and it was right here. <laughs> uh, this Bible passage popped into my mind today from Psalm 119. It's a prayer. God, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I think how wonderful this place is. I mean, it, it was right here. Tour buses passing by the road <laughs> every single minute. And just 12 inches below the surface was something stunning and something beautiful it was Jesus. And I think about that prayer when you and I read this book, the Bible, that it might not take decades and decades of study. We, we might be 12 inches or 12 seconds or 12 verses away from that beautiful thing that gets to our heart and reminds us of the beauty of the kingdom of God. Now, this place is stunning. But this place is temporary. I imagine in an hour, I'm not going to be standing here, back in a car, back on the road, but there's something I can take with me that's even more wonderful than these ancient stones. There's the message of Jesus, his kingdom, his love for you, and his love for me. So maybe the next time you go to church, the next time you do your devotion at home with your family, the next time you open your Bible app, you can begin that devotion with these incredible words. Lord, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. If God answers that prayer, you might not be far away, but just inches away from the beauty and power of the kingdom of God. That's a powerful lesson that we learn at this amazing place called Magdala. And we feel so small, like running up on our two little feet, trying to tear down those walls, and it feels like we can't, and that things will never change. Wow, we are here. Jesus was here, not around here, but here. Earlier this year, I got to explore Israel. I'm sitting literally in the place where Jesus' feet touched. I saw some amazing places. The old city of Jerusalem, the Garden of Gethsemane, beautiful Nazareth, and the Mount of Beatitudes, Capernaum, on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And I can't wait to share these video devotions with you. I'm standing here at the amazing ancient city of Megiddo. And I'm thinking about those thoughts that we sometimes think that don't seem to change. If you're anything like me, I bet there are things that your heart just naturally gravitates towards that aren't necessarily true or good or beautiful, but they're just there. And they seem strong and they seem stubborn and as much as you pray, it's hard to get them to go away. A lie I often battle is that if I'm not impressive or above average, I can't be content. In fact, just yesterday here in Israel, I did some below-average devotions and I was a little bit moody, as some of our friends here know. There's these stubborn things and, and maybe you believe them too. That if you're not rich or beautiful, if you don't have a perfect spiritual life, a perfect family, you really couldn't be one of God's children or you couldn't be satisfied today. But that's why I'm glad that we're here. 
I'm standing in front of the ancient city gate of the city of Megiddo, and even if you've never been here, you can probably tell it's impressive. Massive stones stacked on top of each other, gate after gate after gate, so that enemy, any enemy that wants to get inside is going to have a pretty hard time doing it. And sometimes those lies that we believe feel like the enemy that's inside the city gates. And we feel so small, like running up on our two little feet, trying to tear down those walls, and it feels like we can't, and that things will never change. But that's why I love this amazing passage from the Apostle Paul. He writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love that. There's these old strongholds, these lies that we believe, but the words of God have the power to demolish strongholds. We can believe new things. We can toss out lies like old enemies, and instead, we can guard our hearts with the truth of God's word. So, don't believe the lie that your thoughts can't change. That what you believe about you and God and life and the world and eternity can't change. God's word has divine power. Not just a little bit of power. It has the power to demolish strongholds. So as you think about those struggles that you have in your heart, in your mind, in your thoughts, let's remember the power of God's word is always greater. That's an incredible message that we learn here at the ancient city of Megiddo. So today, I want to challenge you. What could you do to put these words into practice? How could you write the words of God on the gates that you go in and out of each day? Wow, we are here. Jesus was here, not around here, but here. Earlier this year, I got to explore Israel. I'm sitting literally in the place where Jesus' feet touched. I saw some amazing places. The old city of Jerusalem, the Garden of Gethsemane, beautiful Nazareth, and the Mount of Beatitudes, Capernaum, on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And I can't wait to share these video devotions with you. I'm standing here on a gorgeous day in Jerusalem. It's a busy day in a big city. It's actually a Jewish holiday that you're celebrating today. So if you see lots of people behind me, people in incredible costumes, music pumping, uh, you know why. It's a day of celebration in this big city. And I wanted to show you this place because I'm standing in front of the Zion Gate, uh, one of the many gates that leads to the old city of Jerusalem. If you would read your Bible cover to cover, you would find out that the word gate comes up a lot. I mean, you have these thick stone walls around ancient cities, but gates allowed people to come in and out. And there's a passage I want to share with you. It's pretty famous among Jewish people from Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Here it comes. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. God's biggest command, and Jesus repeated this, was to love him with our whole heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And because that's so easy to forget, God wanted there to be symbols for his ancient people to remember that. In their homes, 
in their conversations, uh, on, even on their bodies, and on the gates of their cities. When they would come into the city, when they would leave, he, he wanted those words to be etched so they would never, ever forget them. So today, I want to challenge you. What, what could you do to put these words into practice? How could you write the words of God on the gates that you go in and out of each day? Now, is it a, a painting that you put in your home? Is it a little Bible passage you put on a sticky note in your car? Is it maybe the wallpaper on your phone? The devil knows sometimes he doesn't have to get us to do something bad. He just tries to make us forget about the God who is so good. So put these ancient words into practice. Find a way to write the incredible promises of God on the gates of your home and in your life. So then as you go in and out, you'll remember what a great Savior you have and that will inspire you to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. That's a powerful reminder we get here at the gates of the amazing city of Jerusalem. We're so grateful that you listened to this podcast and we would love for more people to listen to it too. So if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing this podcast, you can help this message to reach more hearts, more souls, so that more people can be satisfied by the love of God. Thanks for your support and we'll talk to you soon.